episode 30 of season two of the IntelliCast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me as always is my co-host, Brian Lamar. Hey, good morning. How are you? Man, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. It's been a little while. like a long time. You're right. Uh, As always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can find us uh, on email, IntelliCast at emi-rs.com. If you'd like to reach us via Twitter, it's IntelliCast1. EMI's Twitter is EMI underscore research. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly, all one word. And then if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, if you have something, an idea, if you want to be a guest, um, if you have your own rant, your own Mount Rushmore, or even some market research news that maybe we didn't find somewhere, you can call us and leave us a voicemail or text at 513-401-5463. That's 513-401-LINE. <laughs> T- text us. So text us? You can text us now? Yeah, we, we, we weren't... Uh, you know, this is another thing that has come out of the other podcast. Is this kind of a burner account for us? I don't I don't know what's happened, but all of a sudden, we've had this for a year. We're just now starting to utilize it. But you can text it. it. We just found out. I just found out yesterday you can text it. Text me. You know, <laughs> if you have a little something like a little secret you want to send me and you, text 513-401-LINE. Do we, do we know who texted us? No, right. it, maybe it's anonymous. It's anonymous. Even better. We'd have to decode where the number came from. Awesome. Uh, what's going on in the world? Current events. Brian, what's going on? Um, I'm really into the Hong Kong protests. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love a good protest. The, um, the protests in Hong Kong, I'm just so fascinated with because of the protesters' ability to stifle anything that the Hong Kong, you want to say Hong Kong, I mean Chinese government is doing. Yeah, for sure. um, so I'm really into that. That's kind of interesting. Um, there's really not a lot going on in normal news or in uh, market research news, sports. Yeah, not a whole lot. Um, Sports, I mean, the NFL is starting, whatever. College football started last week. Yeah. Antonio Brown's a crazy person. Yeah. Uh, Think about world news. Um, Our president's really into maps right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sharpies and maps. Who would have thought? Maps. Like, I wish there was somebody that was in a coma for the past, like, five years and just woke up and just – when came into this world because we've kind of built it up to it, right? Yeah. Oh, Trump's running for president. Oh, that's crazy. He'll never win. Oh, wait a minute. Trump is like taking out one candidate after another, right. but he won't win. Oh, wow. Trump's president. Yeah. Oh, wow. Trump's some, some crazy stuff. It's a, it's, I always think back, uh, you know, the scene in Austin Powers where he's watching the like yeah. sets of everything that's happened yeah. know, since he's been like chronologically frozen. Cryologically, not chronologically. <laughs> Cryogenically frozen. Look at me, making up words. Um, and you would like, even if it doesn't, it could be like, I don't know, April of 2016. Yeah. And now if you were like, hey, uh, guess what? <laughs> President Trump. Oh, that's, that's okay. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. What's the biggest news story of the week? He uh, <laughs> He's drawing on weather maps just so he doesn't have to say he could have been wrong. Oh, well, that's weird because I think weathermen are wrong a lot. So that's a weird thing to state. That's a weird hill to die on. What else is going on? Um, a lot of people are upset that Popeye's ran out of chicken sandwiches because, you know, it's a chicken restaurant. and um, they, they seem to run out of said chicken. <laughs> for months. Yeah, for months. Wow, man, it's, it's another weird thing. Uh, what else is going on in the news? Uh, just little things. Just Just little things like that. Right. Like imagine like if social media didn't exist and we just went through our day to day without all this crazy Trump stuff that happens every single day, 
I don't know, would, would have a different perspective on just life, right? Because the comedy is pretty good. You know, we're, there's, we're not being attacked by another country. Life is actually not bad. But yeah. all these, I don't know if the word's manufactured, but in some ways ridiculous things that we spend so much of our news cycle talking about. Yeah. That don't really matter. Like there's a lot of much bigger things going on, not just in the world, but here in America. I mean, we, you, like imagine if the news were talking about homeless veterans, right? Right. And like, you know, important stuff. Instead, we're, we spent three days talking about weather maps. Uh, in some cases, though, <laughs> like it's, it's the difference between a cure and a medicine that makes you feel better. Yeah. You know, it's like you can, you can lead somebody along. You know, if you've got a cold, there's no cure for the common cold, right? Yeah. But you can take NyQuil and Robitussin and stuff and feel better for a little while. And that's kind of where the news is now. It's like you just lead people on and lead, and instead of taste, facing something that's probably never going to get cured. That was a downer. That's kind of a downer <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> it's what's the old uh, Chris Rock thing. Like, if you go blind, they give you a dog. <laughs> you know? Like, there's yeah. no, like, cure for it and stuff. Yeah. And that's where I feel like things are with the news. It's like it's it's almost happier um, it's almost like a state of euphoria to slip into this, like, um, look at Trump's drawn on maps or, yeah. you know, all the weird things that are going on or celebrity news or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's cool to get upset about things that don't matter. You don't want to get upset about things that really do matter. There you go. All right. <laughs> oh. <I was> <laughs> uh, market research news, news, Ray Pointer. Oh, Twitter's own Ray Pointer. Yeah. <laughs> Joins Australian data intelligence company potentiate. Yeah. Is that how you say it? I think so. Potentiate. I, I hadn't heard of Potentiate until a couple of recent news stories, right? So he's going to be the new chief research officer there. What do you know about Potentiate? I don't know much. They sound like a really great Australian-based company that is kind of coming up out of nowhere. They acquired the Vision Critical of Australia recently, and now they've – I mean, Roy, Ray Pointer, if you're in research, you have probably met Ray Pointer. He's mm-hmm. a big thought leader. He's been involved in SMR for a long time. Great guy, super smart, has a great accent. So those are all the key things to success, in my opinion. And adding him to this company gives them uh, you know, some press mm-hmm. and – interest so um, i'm interested to see what happens there uh go a little bit more down the rabbit hole and you start to see some of the thought leaders that potentiate some of the leaders are um actually really involved in the veriglyph oh uh, yeah yeah organization so um i think veriglyph has or blockchain in general or, or i know now you don't want to say blockchain but yeah. your blockchain right you're yeah. building a ledger a hyperledger yeah um, getting someone like Ray in to be a chief research officer adds a lot of legitimacy I yes. think, to what you're going after. Absolutely. Um, and so if you can turn him into kind of a talking head for that, that doesn't just help potentiate, but it also helps the Veriglyph movement as well. Or not even just Veriglyph. It helps measure. It helps opinion economy. It helps yep. all those companies that are trying to do uh, roundabout the same thing. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, good hire. Yeah, not too bad, right? Uh, next, the Insights Association begins its formal search for a new CEO, and I'm here to tell you I'm throwing my hat in. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. What else am I doing? Plenty of time. Got a new podcast? Screw it. <laughs> right. Um, who's your ideal CEO? Does it come from outside, or is it a market research person? Um, I don't know. I think that he, David Almy, did a great job. He did a lot of great things. I think I would think someone similar to him. Um, I think maybe someone outside the industry that can kind of connect marketing research to other forms of data, because that's where I think our industry is really heading. And we need someone to kind of spearhead that effort that knows what they're talking about. Because a lot of us, like myself, I know market research data, 
and I dabble into understanding a little bit of, I'm not an expert. And I don't think most market researchers are experts on like third party data. Um, but that's where our industry is headed is that we're com- going to be combining first party data to second and third party data. And so someone that can kind of bridge this gap with our industry and other industries, and then we can grow. That's what I would hope. I agree. I think there's a lot of opportunity here um, for the insight station to kind of redo itself. So yeah. we talked before, like one of the greatest things we get from the association as a whole is like the legal advice, yeah, right? That it tells you like how to do things with, within market research. I wonder if there are other places there as far as more education, uh, which I know you're part of with the local GLC, yeah. uh, getting involved with universities and stuff. But then is there kind of like a business 101 as well? Right. And so that's why I think like as a company, so as we've talked recently, like market research is kind of going into maybe it's a growth industry now, right? More yes. buyers, more buyers, all that kind of stuff. And you're seeing... Um, acquisitions, you're seeing mergers a lot. And I wonder if there is a way like that, maybe they could set up something for, I mean, so there's a CEO summit coming up. So what are they talking about that CEO summit? Like, can you make it to where it's more like how to think, how to grow, what are growth strategies you can have, how to acquire somebody, how to evaluate um, the worth of another company, you know, for some yeah. kind of acquisition type thing. Like maybe like some kind of service like that. Not to say that the Insights Association should be like your home ec class in high school. Yeah. Which you just have like balance a, you know, a checkbook. But maybe something like that. Because I feel like all the time I'm running into companies that are struggling financially in market research because of some poor decisions that they made. Yeah. And the big companies seem to be doing well because they have enough firepower to hire people, hire consultants. Yeah. But not to say that's the duty of the Insights Association. Yeah. It's definitely something they can do. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, the Insights Association is made up of members that are individuals working at lots of different market research companies. And I'm fortunate to be on a, I recently joined a committee and it's amazing networking and we're trying to lift each other up and we're trying to lift the industry up. And I think that what you're saying at a broader scale is to help out the entire industry. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we think it's competitive and you want to gain a competitive yeah. advantage. And, yeah. and yeah, there's some truth to that. Absolutely. Look, most every company in our industry is for profit. And so I get that. But also maybe the Insight Association can lead us to where it's everyone can grow. I mean, we lift up everybody. Yeah. That's what I want to see because um, I think there's lots of gaps and opportunity that, I think as individuals, maybe we have challenges, but collectively, if we work together, we can infiltrate all those other kind of peripheral industries, right? Yeah, I agree. And like, like real case example, a couple weeks ago, we were start, we started to get some letters. We got like three letters in like two weeks of companies that wanted to go to 120-day payment terms. Yeah. And so I call like three or four friends, companies in the industry. And I asked them, like, are they starting to see this as a trend where things are starting to get longer? And what kind of are their payment terms do they see? What are they seeing as like DSO type things? I'm just trying to get an idea. What is the standard of the industry and stuff? And so I'm not like living in my own side of the world. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, like that's awesome that I have that network, but it'd be great if I could go to yes. somebody in the insect association and be like, no, actually, yeah. Like the average person is like a 35 or 40 day. Right. You know, and you push back. Terms, and you can push back and be like, ah, no, this isn't, this is just you. Yeah. You know, um, and, and things like that. I mean, it, it happens all the time where I think that it's always great to have networkers, always have that, but to have, to help other people out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that brings us to a rant of the week. Brian, you got a market research rant this week. I do have a rant. And do it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with data quality, as you know, and sure. so my rant is going to be around data quality. Um, which this rank could be probably be done by just about anybody in research, but 
it's just it's so surprising to me that we don't have like a a viable industry wide solution. It's 2019. We're on the verge of 2020, and all we hear about in technology and innovation advances is automation and APIs and programmatic, and um, everybody's connecting to each other and DIY tools. And meanwhile, what, what do we have as an industry-wide data quality solution? Um, yes, Imperium is still out there, but they're really the only kind of big known player in the entire industry. And we all know that there has been significant data quality issues and challenges um, in online sampling for a long time, and we just can't fix it. And it just drives me crazy. That's one of the things that's hindering the industry's growth the most. Um, we don't understand um, deduping across panels. We don't understand the overlap. How many people are on different panels? How many people are on six panels? How many respondents are actually out there taking surveys? We don't even talk about response rates anymore as an industry. It's like a lost term. And some people don't even, I don't even know how to calculate response rates sometimes because of the way that we acquire sample. Um, so let's get, like, we don't have, a, we could, I mean, maybe blockchain will kind of fix this, but we don't have like a respondent rating system that's that's very good or a client rating system. I mean, their clients are designing bad surveys, but nobody's out there evaluating our client surveys and rating them and publishing them and saying, hey, you're out there with your 45-minute questionnaire. That's the same question you've been having for 30 years. That isn't mobile friendly. Stop it. Like that's what we have to do as an industry. And it's, that's, you know, I could have done this rant three years ago, five years ago. I probably would do it again in a year or two. It's just very frustrating that, and I, you know, there are some solutions coming. Some are going to be super negative, but I'm hoping that the blockchain solutions um, will help at least with the verification of respondents and will help a lot with the quality. Um, there's a new company out there, Sample Chain, and though he's a listener and he's doing some really interesting things, maybe there would be an industry-wide solution. And so there's hope, but it's just still frustrating. This should have been done three or four years ago, right? Well, yeah, and it's even something like, Everyone, I think so people think about, I'll go EMI internal a little bit. So like we're an aggregator and we're taking a lot of different sources. And I think a lot of times that scares people off because they feel like we don't have the control. Yeah. If there's like a data quality issue, what would we do type thing? Because we don't have all the panels internally, but everyone's kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. So like going through the process, a client comes back and says, Hey, um, these people aren't answering how we expected them to. It's not like what we did. What can you really do to fix that? Whether yeah. you're the panelist or not, like you yeah. go, you go and you look. Okay, here's the panelist. Look and see, like, have they been screw ups in the past? What's their tenure or whatever? Have you noticed anything with these people before? Yeah. Was there anything leading in yeah. the, you know, in the invite or whatever? But then what? Yeah. Right. All of them have the same solution. Yeah. It's throw them out. We'll restart over. Yep. Whether you're an aggregator, whether you own the panel, whether yep. you are the the panelist, like yes. you know the panel, the panelist personally, it's all the same solution. Yep. And it's a bit of like a defeating type thing. Very defeating. And so we have to rely on technology to try to make up a lot of that, right? Yeah. So you've seen a big push with like data scrubbing organizations. You've seen it with this blockchain things, you know, um, the chain and things like that. Like it's really starting to become a technology solution. If anything, I think we're taking this as like worst case scenario. Yeah. That these type of technology, this type of data scrubbing saves us the time of trying to find yeah. the crap yes. rather than fixing it. Yeah. Is, is that a good thing to accept? Maybe, but yeah. if, you know, cause at least we get some kind of win out of it. But yeah. Yeah. The big, the big win is going to be when we really can fix the verification and validation. Like, yeah. is, do I trust that this is a human being taking a survey? 
then all the other stuff is so much easier. Like, because then you can say, oh, this, this survey stinks. It's 40 minutes or it's a horrible topic or you designed it properly. And I, I can understand why a respondent isn't engaged in answering your questions and not offering the perfect open ends. But I think the bigger problem is the, you know, you're looking through data and it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't even know if this is a real person. Right. And so I think we're getting close to fixing that as an industry. You know, obviously some companies are better at that than others. Um, but once we get that, then I think everything else will kind of fall into place. At least I'm hopeful. Good rant. Okay, thanks. You could use that every week if you want. <laughs> yeah, just do the same <laughs> rant every week forever. Uh, let's get into a Mount Rushmore. This okay. Mount Rushmore is listener submitted, submitted by a Mr. I think David B. of New Orleans. <laughs> um, it was sample target audiences. So we are going to take a spin on that and assume that he means Mount Rushmore of worst sample target audiences. <laughs> All right. All right. Cause there's no like best sample target audience. Jim pop. There you go. C <laughs> level. Yeah. Um, what do you got? First one, hairdressers. Yeah. It was my number one too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not even in sales. So this is a tougher topic topic for me. Hairdresser. I feel like we talk about it all the time. They're hard to reach. Yeah. Like when I first started in the industry, people were like challenges getting hairdressers. They were still in the same oh, place. Yeah, beyond the chair, behind the chair was the name. Yeah, behind the chair. It wasn't even a panel. It was just like they would give people some yeah. extra shampoo for getting it. Uh, one for me is uh, people with terminal illnesses. Oh yeah. Yeah. What are they telling taking surveys? They don't care. Yeah. They don't need your fifty cents <laughs> or ten dollars. Is that on your bucket list? What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, was, I my brain turned off for a second. That's I weird for you. I was like, "Yeah, that never happened." So I didn't know how to respond because I thought, "Like, is it on my bucket list to find terminal illnesses? I only stick it to take surveys, or is it on my bucket list if I had a terminal illness to take a survey?" Yes, yes. that's where you were going, and I was like, "Huh? <laughs> so many different forks in this road. <laughs> what am I going to take?" Yeah, it should not be on their bucket list. No, not at all. What do you got? Um, farmers. Similar to hairdressers, like farmers has been just crazy. Every time a client, like a full service research firm, hey, what else do you need? What do you need more of? Farmers, inevitably. And we have, we've not had any new solutions for farmers in years, as far as I know. Bliss blast blast to farmers who, you know, they're not sending out a, I mean, most farmers are probably not sitting at a laptop all day long, like a lot of us are fortunate enough to do. You know, they're working in their farm. Yeah. God bless the (laughs) USA. Uh, moms of babies zero to 12 months. Oh yeah. Get it more than anything. Yeah. I mean, we always get that. And I don't know if you've ever been a mom of a zero to 12 month girl before, but there's not a lot of taking survey time. I, I like when they do the negative three to six months. Yeah. Like you're getting ready to have that baby. <laughs> right. Sit down Perfect time. Yeah. Perfect time to take a 20 minute survey. My last one is small, ridiculous DMAs. So like all the time is like, hey, I need I need two thousand completes in in Roanoke or Des Moines. Like, are you serious? Like, our industry hasn't quite evolved to the point where we can get low incidence, high volume <laughs> completes in small DMAs. I agree. My last one is HR decision makers slash benefit decision makers <laughs> slash SBO. And why I say that is because like there it is inevitable. Like and you will get and I know like a panel company is gonna be listening to this and be like, I don't have any problem with HRDM. Yeah, because you're cutting the corners. You're cheating. 
And so I get an HR decision maker. And so HR decision maker, obviously you would assume that it's someone with the title of HR. Yeah. But then another, a panel will always say, well, I'll get a small business owner. They don't have an HR person. They just have yeah. to do their own. Or I'll get somebody in C-level that might be able to, that was a joke. You can't get somebody at C-level. Yeah, yeah. Or a benefit decision maker. That could be anybody. Yes. Right. I mean, that could be like the manager that comes up with their benefits for their department. Yes. That could be that SBO. That could be like, it is such a vague term for any type of decision maker and as a as a panel company, like we bastardize that topic. Like you really should, if you're a panel company and you get the, a bid for HR decision makers or benefit decision makers, ask them what they're doing the survey. Right. Like, what is your objective? Is this for an insurance company? Right. Is this for a 401k like investment type company? Is this for like trying to figure out wage scales and things like that? Like, ask what that's about, so you can really get what matters here. That was a little rant. That was good. I don't know. <laughs> I used to be in sales. I used to be really <laughs> mad. People said that. That was good. Uh, Do you have another one? I'm done. I had hairdressers too. So okay. I'll count that twice. Um, I feel like we did a pretty good job on that Mount Rushmore. Better last week. <laughs> what was Shapes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new segment. Oh, okay. Um, so now this, this comes. So let's say every one of our ideas for this podcast comes <laughs> from things that talk we talk about in the office. Yeah. And so we, one of the things that we have is we'll throw out some kind of polarizing topic, yeah. that, a fun polarizing topic. Yes. So nobody's throwing out there like abortion, right? you know, like it's like or gun control, right? We're trying to find like a fun topic that is kind of polarizing that people are either all in or all out on. Yeah. So we're going to call it best worst. Okay. And this week, the topic that we're kicking it off with and we'll talk before on what side we're on so we can both be opposing views. Okay. I will say, in real life, we have the same view about this topic. <laughs> You're going to do a little devil's advocate. Yeah. Ugh. So the topic for best worst of this week is drive-ins. Oh, drive-in movie, movie theaters. Movie. Okay. Yeah. You can start first with why drive-in movie theaters are the worst. Yeah, they're the worst. And this might have been fun in like 1967. But this is 2019. I have 4K TV in my home that costs 300 bucks. So number one is poor quality. Like the video wasn't great. It's the same projector, I think, that was from like 30 years ago. The audio, do you still have those stupid little machines and like AM radio you have to connect to? You're not getting like surround sound. That's, that's off the top of the bat. So if you go to a driving theater, you're the only car there. You have poor quality. The, but then it gets worse because you're not the only car there. I read a lot of blogs recently in the office about drive-ins. People leave their cars running, um, so there's a noise level there. Kids are running around. They're kind of dirty. Um, I mean, bugs. I mean, there's diseases being spread. <laughs> there's standing water. There's bugs. The quality of the food is horrible. The ba- I, Let's get started in the bathrooms again. And then is this uncomfortable? Like, why would I want to sit in my car? And then I tell somebody that, and they're like, oh, you can bring a lawn chair. I'm like, oh, that's the upgrade to, like, the quality of watching a movie theater is a lawn chair. <laughs> like, have you seen the chairs in the movie theaters? They have, they have beautiful chairs you can sleep in. You can recline in them with cup holders. And now, so there you go. There's there's the worst. Let's just start off with that. Yep. Um, so why <laughs> drive-ins are the best. I'll start off with I love being in my car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know. So probably it's not very often, maybe once a week, maybe once a week, I get like a no lunch plan lunch. Yeah. And I will go somewhere. 
and I will go through a drive through or get lunch takeout and I'll go sit in my car and yeah. on a podcast yeah. and just sit there and just, that's me time that no one can have. I By the way, I agree with that. Right? Like sit in your car over, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, eating a burger, listen to a podcast, not a bad way to spend your time. Right. Another thing that drive-in movie theaters do is it promotes or actually removes this, the stigma of watching a movie by yourself. So think about it. Like <laughs> there is nothing more weird than going to a restaurant or, but I do this a lot, so I don't know why I'm back. But there's nothing more weird than going to a restaurant or going to a movie by yourself and seeing that one person that's by themselves. Oh. You kind of remove that. Nobody cares. If you're in your car by yourself, no one's like, wow, there's they're the only one person in that car. I, I would. All right. <laughs> all right. First of all, I'm a huge proponent of yeah. going to the movies by yourself. Really? Oh Never my god. Never been to the movies by myself. Oh my god. Because you're not you're not supposed to talk to anybody anyway. Well, there's a, there's that's a good well, that time. That was always the thing. Like, <laughs> like in my younger days, when I was like uh, going on, on dates, and I knew that it was like the end of the road. We're going to see. A yeah, go see a movie. Stifles conversation. I love going to a movie by myself because me and my wife have different. Like probably a lot of couples have different favorite types of movies. Man, there's nothing better than getting up on like a weekday, going to the theater for a couple hours by yourself. Man, I love it. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's weird for a drive-in theater to go by yeah. yourself. No one's looking in your car window. You get tinted windows too. <laughs> I will say though, a, a contrast that to the opposite side of that between going by yourself. Tell me something more romantic. Oh my yeah, that, that's you're in the back of a truck on a tailgate <laughs> or in the back of a station wagon. The seats are down. You got a blanket, you and a loved one, someone that you're trying to make things work with. Yeah. You can talk a little bit more because you're yeah. driving everybody. There's noise all around. I agree with you. Yeah. With that, you can get to know somebody and you're watching a movie. Oh, yeah. could you imagine? Brian, <laughs> it's like September 24th. Yeah. It gets dark around 820. Yeah. You're in the back of a old wood paneled station wagon. The yeah. back is up. You got a nice quilt. Yes. Of some old t-shirts. Made yes. With your wife. And the notebook is on the TV. <laughs> oh, man. And you got the lightning bugs, smell of a bonfire in the air, kids running around all hopped up on cider. <laughs> Tell I'm, me, that's, that's my America. Let's make that America great again. That, you know, it does, like, you do have the ability to talk more, get to know someone. You also have an intermission. Like, right? This yeah. Is, yeah you two, two movies, movies right? Yeah. So you have a, some sort of intermission while they're some 18-year-old kid is struggling to replace the reel. <laughs> so you have a good 20 to maybe an hour of time yeah, to take a talk. little break. Yeah. Just have a talk. Discuss the movie. Journal. Right. <laughs> Journal about it. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. I love it. Drive-ins. I win. There are a couple drive-ins nearby. By the way, I do think that there is the the time period, the window for a good drive-in Movie is probably like one week of the year, right? Yeah, it's like some like what you mentioned, kind of mid September ish. Yeah, and that's it because you go in the summer, it's too hot. It doesn't get dark till like nine thirty. At least here, it doesn't. Like, yeah, what you, can you, yeah. What is what is? I mean, I'll go to your side, so you know, that's right. Because that's the thing for me. Like, I don't want the sun to determine when I watch. Right, movie, exactly. Right, I'm my own man. I'm my own boss. I can close the curtains in my house. Yeah, I'm not sitting in. And, you know, we talk about Cincinnati in August. And it gets dark at 9.30. So you're right. in the first half of the movie with all the lights on in your house, basically, because the sun's still up. Yeah. And it's 94 degrees outside. Yeah. It hasn't rained in weeks. But it's still somehow 98% humidity. Right. There's kids running around not wearing shoes in the dirt because drive-ins are always in poor towns. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go there. Gravel. Right. There's gravel everywhere. You're like, man, 
this is weird. We got to drive half hour to get back home after watching this movie. The food stinks. There's dirt all over everything. You're basically using a, a porta potty. Is the health department even? They're not going to drive in theaters and checking no, it out. It's lawless. Right. It's lawless. chaos, right? Yeah, it is. There's like cruise ships. Right. Right. That'll end it for best worst of the week. Uh, I love your feedback on best worst. Right? Yeah, we would love to hear your feedback. Email us at IntelliCast at EMI RS.com. Uh, you can also uh, reach us on Twitter, EMI underscore research. Telecast one on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. You want to talk about what's coming up? Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. So <laughs> next week, September 11th through 13th in Detroit, Michigan, is the Insects Association GLC. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be there, Brian. I'll be there. That's I'm awesome. pretty excited some, about some it. Some great speakers. Uh, the Drip Pistons are speaking. Yeah. Um, who else is speaking? Someone from the city of Detroit is speaking. Yeah. A couple of companies I've never heard of before. So some smaller. Yeah, Gongos Research. That, that should be really good. It's a day and a half. It's a smaller conference. But if you're in the northern Ohio, southern, southeastern Michigan area, yeah. it's an easy, South inexpensive. Canada? Yeah. Yes, South Canada. Um, September 12th. Myself and Jason Enderhees will be at the Insights Association New England Summer End Party. I'm pretty excited for it. That sounds cool. It's where's it's at a it's brewery? at Trillium Brewery, oh, which one of the is best, right? one of the top three to four breweries in the country. They do not distribute anywhere. It's almost impossible to get it, but they are in downtown Boston. They just opened up within the last year a plate like you couldn't. Even it, like you couldn't drink there forever. It was just like a shipping dock where you would go oh, and wow. like, buy your beer. So now, like they have a bar. Uh, really excited about and to meet uh, New England Insights Associate members. Man, Insights Association is busy. It is busy. Is there that something else going on? There is <laughs> September nineteenth in New York City is the Insights Association New York chapter. Um, some great speakers. They're calling it the Insight Illumination. Oh, kind of cool. Uh, speakers from KSNR, from Verizon, uh, Peter Milla from Scent oh, is wow. going to be speaking. So. Uh, a lot of different people there. Myself and Tony Brown will be there. Uh, Tony Brown getting out there. And then him and I are getting together back on the road October 22nd through 24th in Orlando for the CRC, also brought to the Insights Association. Is this the, uh, the Insights Association podcast? It's just Who does it. their podcast? Paul Kirch? Do they, do they have a podcast? Yeah. They, I saw it on a list once, and I was like, I've never heard of this podcast, but I'm plugging the bejesus I must cuss. We have done a lot of Insights Association discussions today. Yeah. Well, this is it. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe no become a member. It seems like there's a lot of value there. It seems like there's a lot of value in Insight Association. And you can also, uh, if you wanted to Venmo us, Insight Association, you can Venmo us at Intellicast420. No, um, <laughs> that'll do it for episode 30 of season two of the Intellicast podcast. Anything you want to add, Brian? No, but hey, listen to our other podcast. We do have another podcast uh, with new host. So three weeks ago, we debuted Poll Party with Adam Dietrich. And then uh, we told him to don't let the screen door hit you with good Lord split you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he left for another company. We wish him all the best. It's going to be awesome. And a uh, new host for the poll party. We still will have all the same guests, all the same segments. It's going to be maybe a little bit better, but it's myself and Rory Deneen. Rory stepping up on the world. You may know Rory from Global Insights with Rory. Comes yeah, out every Friday. She does. You can find her on video. And now she's in the audio. She's a multimedia conglomerate. Uh, but I thought if you listen to the first podcast, I thought she did really well. She's super prepared, um, just like she is as an employee here at EMI. And uh, I'm really excited to see how she blossoms with us. Yeah, starting a new uh, – she's like 24 years old and just taking over the world. There she goes, man, I wish I had that when I was 24. I know. What were, well, that's a whole other segment. What were Brian and Adam doing at age 24? Next week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I might have put the E on that one. That'll do it. Episode 30, Season 2. See you next week. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>